The Pope just keeps taking us down this heretical path and simply because he wants to follow the left. This is another signal our civilization is falling, is when our religion can't even stick to their principles. Racism and segregation are becoming embedded into the government and nobody is doing anything about it. I'm sure they will when it's too late. And California is slipping into bankruptcy. Why isn't this bigger news? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. You know, I was reading uh, the Gulag Archipelago. I, I, as I've mentioned before, I've decided to actually read all three volumes of the book, and it's a big difference. I mean, it's two. All three volumes equal two thousand pages. Whereas the abridged version that I originally read was only about, oh, 400 pages. And someone said, no, you got to read the whole thing. So I, I'm reading the whole thing. And it, it's very interesting. It repeats a lot. I think that's why they, they made an abridged version of it. Is He basically says the same thing in volume two as he says in volume one in a couple of areas. So they condense it. But there was a dialogue in it about a true communist. They're both in pri- in a prison camp in the archipelago. One is a true uh, communist, and the others have lost their love of communism simply because they end up they ended up in the archipelago for no particular reason. They ended up in the prison camp for no particular reason. And the communist ended up in the prison camp for no particular reason. Also, but he refuses to re- to get rid or to lose his ideology, and most mostly it's because they're just pigheaded. They're stubborn. They decide, no, I can't be wrong. And he talks about this. Well, there's a dialogue between a communist and a regular prisoner, which uh, Solzhenitsyn calls a um, a zek. and it's a very interesting conversation. And what's funny about the conversation. I think I'm going to have to read this to you one day. Just go out there and read it. Maybe I'll do a Saturday podcast and just read that page and a half of that conversation. Because what's interesting about it is it seems like a conversation we're having a lot today. When we talk with the pre- when we hear the president and the president giving excuses and we're sitting back but this and but that and he just basically picks and chooses what he wants you to know. So, for example, one of the things he had said was, uh, uh, the the Zek had said was, there's no bread. Oh, no, there's plenty of bread. It's bad supply chain in the local area. It's local government that's the problem. They're not following the communists. And he said, well, yeah, but that's everywhere. It's very expensive to buy bread. Well, yeah, that's the local government. And he comes up with excuses as to why things are bad. And what this this prisoner keeps saying is, but it's bad everywhere. And the guy, finally, he comes out, no, it's not. You're wrong. Well, yeah, it is. And, and this is the Biden administration. And one of these days, I'm going to, I'm going to read that to you because I really think it is a, it is so far, the whole book is phenomenal. The whole, the whole thing is phenomenal. It's just, incredibly it's funny it's sad it it's just infuriating there's so much about that that you just want to and 
Everything he talks about is happening today. And we just refuse to acknowledge it. So I just thought about that. Um, I, I read it last night. I was thinking, I got to read this to folks and, and just post it. And I will. I'll probably do it on a Saturday when it's just, you know, I have nothing to do. And I'll, I'll just read it out and it'll be a 20-minute podcast. It won't be very long because it's not a very long section. But it's very interesting. Okay, let's get to our dumbass of the day. All right, so this is, this dumbass, this is not a young woman. She's probably in her 60s. And of course, she's got blue hair because that's what people do today. You notice that nobody, no leftist actually ages well. They always have to have blue hair. They always have to just, so the things they say, the things they believe, they look like what they say and what they believe. I mean, she looks like a leftist, even though she's an old woman. And, and I think I've got a different take on this. I mean, it's a terrible, what she's saying is terrible, but I have a different take on it. So let's listen to this old broad. This is about a two-minute clip. Uh, this is from Libs of TikTok again. And it's just, if you look at her, if you watch the video, you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and you watch the video, she looks like a full sociopath. So this person is obviously nuts. So let's listen. Good afternoon. If you're a Republican voter, I want you to listen more close. I sincerely hope that someone who you can't live without, who your life would fall apart if that person disappeared off the face of the earth. If you're a Republican voter, if you are a die-hard GOP voter, I sincerely hope the person you love most gets a surprise attack of diabetes. I hope it comes out of nowhere. I hope it slaps you upside the head so fast and so hard that it leaves you traumatized. Diabetes. If you had any idea how hard it is to get diabetes medicine on time in the dosage you need, you have no idea what it's like. So for all of you Republican voters, I sincerely hope this Christmas season, my gift to you is a case of diabetes to the person you love most that comes out of nowhere. I hope one of you loses a limb to diabetes because then you're going to understand just how inhumane your own citizen voting record really is, okay? That's who you are, diabetes. I wish this upon Republican voters. I want you to learn firsthand just how bad you have made it for everybody else. You're going to, I wish this on you. I sincerely hope you get hit with diabetes. And I hope it's the person you love the most. Now I'm gonna go with the, the obvious here. First off, the first obvious is that this woman has diabetes. And she can't seem to get her medicine on time. Okay, now, we don't know, I'm not really sure where 
that goes where why she is having those issues we don't know all of the all of the information about this because what she doesn't quite understand is you know most of us do have family members who have diabetes i've got several family members who have diabetes and they've never had trouble getting their medicine okay they all are insured i mean one of the guys is insured but he has very piss poor insurance and he always manages to get his diabetes so what i'm thinking his diabetic medication so what i'm thinking and he shoots up he actually has insulin so he he has an extreme case of diabetes so he has to get his insulin he has to have his insulin he'll go into diabetic shock if he doesn't have it he has to measure it out all sorts of things and guess what? And he doesn't have the great insurance. And he always manages to get his medicine. So I'm just wondering if if it's really her insurance that's the problem. Or her doctor. Or I, I'm curious as to what's going on here as far as why she couldn't get her medication. Okay. But here's the other thing. She's blaming Republicans for this. Well, here's a newsflash. The system has changed from when I was a kid. This system is a more public system than it's ever been. Concierge doctors are almost impossible to get a hold of. Now you go to a clinic and they give you your medicine. Well, the clinics and the public medicine and and things like that, the absence of privatized medicine, um, that's not Republicans' fault. You need to talk to Barack Obama. He's the one that brought the clinics into the world. You go in San Diego, you go to VCC or you go to NCHS, which is now True Care. These were California creations. They were based on public funded healthcare. And they suck. They really do suck. But you got to blame Repub- you got to blame Democrats for that. They created that. Barack Obama with his stupid Obamacare thing created that. You can't go out and blame Republicans for that. Republicans think you should pay for your health care. Here, here's, here, here's the thing. Healthcare is not a right. Everyone says it's a right. It's, a, it's not a right. Healthcare is a service. A service using somebody else's skills. Typically, you have to pay that somebody to use those skills. California wants to, or California, well, the left wants to make it that that guy who has those specific skills doesn't get paid for it. So what's happening? You have fewer doctors and you have fewer good qualified doctors. That That is, I'm sorry, the reality of the situation right now. You go to a clinic now, maybe you'll have two or three doctors at a clinic. Now everything's run by nurse practitioner. Because doctors refuse to do this because they're just not getting paid anymore. But you you can't sit there and blame Republicans for that. We've had the same healthcare. Now, am I saying the healthcare system's great? No, I don't I think it sucks. But but the fact is, it is the best in the world. I heard I was talking to one of Josie's friends one of Josie's uh, uh, family members, and he said, oh, yeah, well, look at Canada. Yeah, look at Canada. I said, Canada, if you have cancer, you're going to wait three months before you get your second appointment. 
Canada is rationing their health care. They don't just help you out. You break your leg. You could wait two weeks on a broken leg before you see a doctor. Canada's health care is a disaster. Canada, and he even admitted people from Canada, come to the United States and pay for health care because they can't get it in Canada because it's all socialized medicine. I said, you just told me how great it is over there and you're admitting people are coming to the United States to get help. Well, yeah, it's because they can't get into the doctor. That's the point. And that's the healthcare direction we're going is to the socialized, publicly funded healthcare. And what ends up happening? It ends up being rationed. So I, I get it. I feel sorry for this gal. Um, but here's the other thing, and this is, I think, this is sad, actually. You know, a lot of people, the gal who posted this uh, in, um, the gal who posted this from Libs of TikTok basically said, well, this, she was actually angry about this. I wasn't angry about this. I was sad. Can you imagine how miserable a human being this is? That she would wish you wish diabetes on you. I have arthritis. It hurts. I have arthritis. All the running I've done. I have arthritis in my ankles, in my knees. I got it in my hands. I've got arthritis all over the place. Okay, it hurts. I would never wish this on anybody. I wouldn't wish this on my ex-wife. I don't sit there have pain from arthritis and think, I wish my ex-wife had. I don't think that. How miserable a person do you wish a terminal disease on? Or what kind of miserable human being do you have to be to wish death on a loved one for somebody? I don't think I have ever wished that on anybody. By the way, you it, it that's just... A miserable way to be. That's a miserable existence. So I, it's sad. It actually, this is a sad, sad woman. And I, I, I don't know how else to put it. And by the way, if she lost a few pounds, she'd probably do better with her diabetes. I'm just saying. Okay, so that was our dumbass of the day. Now let's get to our first uh, story. And this story is kind of a mixed bag. Um, now I've already called I've already called this out. Uh, pope Francis is an apostate. He's the pope. He's the pope. And you know he when he does things like change the hour father and and things like that. I mean I I get it. He's I acknowledge the hour father's changed. Politically he's an apostate. And I, I refuse to listen to him when it comes to a lot of this stuff. And I refuse to acknowledge the direction he's taking the church. Now, the good news is the church in itself, believe it or not, I, I know it may not look like that when you go to church, but the reality is the church is actually quite conservative when it comes to, let's say, gay marriage, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to transgender issues and things like that. It, it, it doesn't support any of that stuff. Well, this Pope does, and this Pope does for the wrong reasons. 
He supports it because he supports the leftist agenda, specifically climate change. That's what he is. That's why he named himself Pope Francis, Francis after Francis of Assisi, who was the, the nature saint. Okay, so let's read this story. This is from the BBC. The leader of the Roman Catholic Church said priests should be permitted to bless same-sex irregular couples under certain circumstances. But the Vatican said blessings should not be part of regular church rituals or related to civil unions or weddings. This is important. The reason that's important is because what the, what he's basically saying is he's not saying that the institution of gay marriage and irregular relationships. By irregular relationships, he's talking about um, couples that are not married, couples that are living together but are not married, they have kids. That's called an irregular relationship. What he's basically saying is you can bless those couples, okay, but you can't make it part of the institution. In other words, you're not actually blessing the action of becoming a couple. All right, that's important. Because here's the reality. You don't have to be a Catholic to be blessed in a Catholic church. So blessing is just nothing really new. If you're a Jew and you, you decide you want to be blessed, you can actually go up during communion and get blessed. You just put your arms over your chest and they'll bless you. Okay. Continuing, it added that it continues to view marriage as between a man and a woman. Pope Francis approved a document issued by the Vatican announcing the change on Monday. The Vatican said it would it should be a sign of God welcomes all, but the document says priests must be decide priests must decide on a case by case basis. Now here here's the thing with that God welcomes all. Um, men who dress like women, women who dress like men, men who have sex with other men, women who have sex with other women, that's considered an abomination. Basically, and this is in Leviticus, this is in Exodus, this is all over the Bible. There, I, I, I know, I know, you always hear, well, the trans people say, well, in the Bible it says trans people are good. Yeah, no, it does not say that anywhere in the Bible. Anywhere, I, they they keep referring, and I think I mentioned this in a podcast before, they keep referring to a section of the Bible that talks about eunuchs. They're not actually talking about gay people. They're talking about eunuchs, and eunuchs are usually made because they're slaves. And the Bible believes that if you have slaves, you've got to treat them well. you got to treat them like human beings. You can't just treat them like pieces of garbage. That's what they were talking about. So the trans folk are wrong. There's nothing about gays. But here's the, here's the thing about this. Um, God saw gay marriage. God saw transsexuals, uh, uh, transvestites. He saw them as an abomination. It's not even a sin. It's an abomination. So God does not welcome all. Here, here's the big problem with this. Here's the big problem with this. The church... Is what Pope Francis is trying to make the church out as is not judgmental. In other words, inclusive. Here's the thing: the church is judgmental. The entire we've got two thousand pages of judgment in the Bible. It is extremely judgmental. It's supposed to be judgmental because you're supposed to be living a specific life, type of life. 
You're supposed to be living for purpose. And one of the purposes of marriage and the main purpose of marriage is to have children. Gay men can't have children. Lesbians cannot have children. Transsexuals who are sterile cannot have children. That's just a hardcore fact. And they're supposed to be raised in the judgments, in the standards of the church. This Pope has a tendency to just ignore those standards. Now, what's important here to point out is it's it's decided by the priest, and it's on a case-by-case basis. So this is not an official standing of the church. A lot of outlets, I, I chose the BBC because the BBC is not is, is basically saying that. But a lot of outlets are saying, now they approve gay marriage. No, that's not what the church is doing. Okay, but he, the Pope is looking at them and saying, welcome to our church. Personally, I'd say no, it's an abomination. God said it was an abomination. God said it was an abomination more than once. So why are you doing this? Here's the thing. This, this again, is about standards. We are allowed to have standards. We are allowed to judge bad behavior. We should be judging bad behavior. And as and, and be honest with you, as the further we get from those standards, which is we're really pulling away from standards, I'm telling you, my children would never recognize this country from what I was raised in, in the 70s and 80s. The more we pull away from standards, the more misery is created. And this is what that Pope doesn't understand. Do you think this country is better now than it was, let's say, in between 2000 and 2009? Do you think this country is better than it was in, 1990, in the 1990s or the 1980s or the 1970s? No, it's not. Because we pulled away from God. We've pulled away from standards. We've pulled away from morality. And now there is more confusion. There is more despair. Drug abuse. Suicide is all up. Great book. I think I talked about it yesterday called Atheism Kills by Barack Lowry. He spends an entire 300 pages talking about how atheism Atheism is just killing people. It brings nothing but despair and pain and death. And if you don't believe that, go to Los Angeles and look on the streets. I can walk out right now and see despair right in front of my apartment. It's all over the place. This is not what the country was like in the 1980s, 70s, or or 90s. It wasn't we didn't have a lot of homeless people in the 19 in the late 1970s when um well we had some but when but we didn't have a lot in the 1970s when we were in the great recession and we're in the same position now what happened we were all pulling away from religion we're all pulling away from the standards of religion we're all nobody wants to be judged a priest should judge you. A priest should sit there and say, hey, yeah, you're not doing this right. That's what he's there for. 
That's what God, that's why what God bestowed on the priest and the rabbi is that judgment. You should be judging. But we're pulling away from that. You know, I, I love I love the, the leftist view. Nietzsche said God is dead. You remember that. He wasn't, and every atheist says, oh, Nietzsche said God is dead. So that's a great thing, blah, blah, blah. That's not what he meant. Nietzsche was lamenting that God is dead. He said society needs God. It keeps us civilized. It keeps us running on a moral order that people need. Individuals can be atheist, but only intelligent individuals. In other words, Nietzsche didn't think much of people. Nietzsche thought he was smart enough to be an atheist. He didn't think anyone else was smart enough to be an atheist. All right, let's get to this next story here. I don't even need to read this. Okay, speaking of corruption, here we go. So you've probably heard this story before. Democratic Boston Mayor Michelle, this is from the Daily Wire. Democratic Boston Mayor Michelle Wu is facing criticism after a member of her administration sent out an email invitation for a Christmas party that excluded white people. City Council Relations Director Denise Dos Santos mistakenly sent out an email to the city council members inviting them to an electeds of colored holiday party. On behalf of Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you to guest at the electeds of color holiday party on Wednesday, December 13th, 5.30 p.m. at the Parkman House, 30 blah, blah, blah. Okay, by the way, colored electeds. I mean, that just sounds bad. Fifteen minutes later, Dos Santos sent out another email apologizing for sending the email to all council members, including the white ones, indicating that it isn't, wasn't supposed to be sent to the white members of the council. Quote, I want to apologize for a pre- previous email regarding the holiday party for tomorrow. I did send that to everyone by accident. I apologize if my email may have offended or come across as so. Sorry for the confusion this may have caused. So basically, this Dos Santos, she's not apologizing for segregating the holiday party or sending out an email that segregates the holiday party. She's sending out an email that may have confused all those stupid white people. Wow. Wow. Michelle Wu, who's running this party. And by the way, Michelle Wu, the mayor of... uh, Boston, I'm just going to tell you right now, she's an idiot. She's really stupid. She has done stupid crap like this forever. And I, I'm not exaggerating here. So, I mean, everyone talks about Lori Lightfoot. I got news to you. There's less light on in the attic with Michelle Wu than there is with Lori Lightfoot. This gal is really dumb. So she released a statement the next day and basically she doubled down on the, the letter um, but, but she said it in the dumbest possible way, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise, 
Let's listen. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that it was truly just a, an honest mistake that went out in, in typing the email field. And um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can, again, um, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. Again, she's uh, she wants everyone to come together except those nasty ass white people, those dirty, filthy, stinking white people. Those are the ones she wants to everyone to come together except for them. By the way, her husband's white, which means the three kids she has are half white. So technically, she wouldn't have been able to bring her husband. Kind of weird. Then she was asked, "Is this divisive?" And her answer was, and, and by the way, she's not even apologizing about, you know, segregating the holiday party. This is segregation. This is what they did in the 50s and 40s and 30s under Jim Crow. By the way, leave it to Democrats to bring back Jim Crow. Because they were the ones who established Jim Crow. Let's not forget that. Every time they say we're the party of the colored people, and I did say that, sarcastically, I did say that. I did say colored people. I didn't mean people of color. We're the peop- We're the party of the colored people. Trust me. Um, Lyndon Johnson said far worse. Uh, so there we have it. No, they're not. They. This is exactly what they did back in the 18th, 17th, 18th, and ni- 17th or 18th, 19th, 20th centuries. They're just bringing it back into the 21st century. This is more Bull Connor crap except it's going in the opposite direction. Trust me, black people. If you're black people listening, the second they gain power, power that cannot be fought, they will throw you in the trash too. It's Democrats do not care. They hate everybody. But any I I don't even know where I was going with that. I'm so it's just so annoying. But these people are just incredible. They're such racists. And they're so obvious about it. And no one calls them out. And we'll get to that part in a second. Here she is being asked if this is divisive. And here's kind of a surprising answer. Given some of the strife that exists, though, in this council, do you concern this lends itself at all to further divisiveness? No, I mean, um, again, this is a, a, a group that has been in place for many, many years. We want to be a city where everyone's identity is embraced and that there are spaces and communities that we can help support. What she means by communities to support, she means white, anybody but white people. Anybody but white people. By the way, that's who was invited. Everybody was invited to this holiday party except for white people. Those were the only people that weren't invited. White, specifically white men, because I think I saw a white woman, but she, for some reason women are considered minorities, which makes no sense. Women are not minorities in this country. So, yeah. So let's get this straight. This is not divisive, which, by the way, the other city council members are saying, um, this is divisive? We'll get to what they said, because I think what they brought up was weak tea. But this is the woman who is really just saying, oh, I'm not for I'm not for uh, segregation. I'm not for discrimination, except for white people, white men. Okay, let's not forget that very same weekend. This gal, this is how stupid this woman is. 
Okay, this is what she said later on Friday. Okay, so this broad is really stupid. So listen, listen, this is what she said later on Friday. Across the Boston Police Department, the uh, transit police, the state police, the FBI, and all of our partners in law enforcement and public safety, there's constant communication about the impending um, actions of any known groups. We continue to monitor the situation and to work closely with community members. Most of all, we want to ensure that community members are empowered in uh, communicating anything that you may see or hear or um, read about on social media to, to please err on the side of reaching out to local public safety officials so that we can have the most information at hand. And we will continue to work in partnership with community members as we strategize and plan and coordinate um, to respond to not one-off incidents, but this growing rise and trend in white supremacy and hate. Yeah, yeah. It's the white people who hate everybody. Um, it's the white people. It's white supremacy. These people are so are are so obvious. They say it all the time. They do it through their actions. They're all racist. It's the this is the elimination of white people. That's what they want. Okay, white people get them away. They're terrible people. They smell funny. They look funny. They hate you. And meanwhile, all they're doing is showing nothing but hate. By the way, um, a white person beating up a black person does not is not white supremacy. And seeing that her city has some major issues with black on black crime, you'd think you'd be you'd have the police more worried about that than maybe the one or two white supremacists you have in the entire city of Boston. Absolutely incredible. Well, I mean, there was some response to this. Um, let's continue with the article. Councilman Frank Baker, who is white, said the idea of race segregated party is divisive. Quote, I do not find it. I, I do find it divisive, but what are you going to do about it? He said, you don't want me at the party. I'm not going to come to the party. Typical freaking Republican response. Typical freaking weak ass, weak tea Republican response. Hey, you know what you do about it? You sue her. You get her out of freaking office. You sit there on a podium and you make this a platform. You take her to court. You file a criminal complaint. Hey, I got news for you. This is illegal. It's against the Constitution. She can't legally have a party where she bars white people. I Hello? 14th, 15th Amendment, remember? She's using taxpayer funds. By the way, most taxpayers in Boston are, wait for it, wait for it, white. She's using taxpayer funds to have a segregated party. Oh, I don't know what to do about it. Well, it's illegal, so why don't you why don't you press charges? Why don't you why don't you implement some sort of and of course they say, "Oh, we've been doing this for 10 years." Yeah, well, um we've been doing Jim Crow for 100 years. Should we have kept that because we did it for so long? This story is just infuriating 
And it just shows the weak-ass Republicans over there don't do anything. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like this impeachment thing. They're talking about impeaching Biden. They're talking, I haven't even talked about it. I haven't even talked about it. Impeaching uh, Joe Biden, impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, because the DHS secretary that has effed up the border so much, you can't possibly be that incompetent to mess up the border as much as he did. But they're talking about impeaching those. Why haven't I talked about it? Because it doesn't mean anything. Because that's all Republicans do, is talk about it and investigate. Joe Biden should have been investigated for impeachment years ago. All this stuff should have been brought up ages ago. None of it has. I think all these impeachment investigations, impeachment inquiries, they're just bullshit. He's never getting impeached. He's going to be out of office in in nine months. He's never getting impeached. This whole thing is bullshit. And this is why Republicans lose all the freaking time. Somebody stand up. Somebody grow some balls. Stand up and do something. And I got news to you. It's not unheard of to do something. You want to do an impeachment inquiry? You guys got office a year ago. Year and a half ago. Why didn't you do something a year and a half ago? Oh, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, California. <laughs> the Union of Soviet Socialist California has is in big, 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 big trouble. Huge trouble. According to the Post Millennial, it has been revealed that California is drowning in a 68 billion dollar deficit which has resulted in the state defaulting on a 20 billion dollar loan from the federal government oops the billion dollar the multi-billion dollar deficit comes under Gov- democrat governor gavin newsom's leadership and is so extreme that newsom's finance department has called for spending for a spending freeze across state agencies newsom's administration has made a similar decision only once before, which was at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic when revenue began plummeting, KCRA News reports. Quote, California is facing a $68 billion deficit. It has also defaulted on 20, a $20 billion loan from the federal government. The situation is so dire, the state is telling agencies not to replace broken printers or restock office supplies. I mean, Wow. What's going to happen with your uh, health care now? Covered California, I got a feeling, is going to have some issues. Workers are being stripped of benefits and could face furloughs. Couldn't happen to a better state, by the way. I The state with all the taxes, this is the state with the highest taxes, by the way. And remember that a-hole had sat there and said that we are at a $20 billion surplus? Back in 2021, that's what Gavin Newsom said. Oh, we we have 20, we have more money we know what to do with. We're gonna spend more money. We have a $20 billion surplus. That's what he said. Guess what? That ended up to be BS. And now we're looking at it, and not only was that BS, we were we were in uh, at the time we were in a 30 some odd billion dollar deficit. 
and they keep spending and spending and spending. Let the illegal aliens come in, give them free housing. Let's give all the homeless free housing. Let's give all the home. Let's give all the homeless free drug needles. And then let's raise taxes to 23%. Taxes currently in L- in California is 18%. Highest in the country. I think only, I, I take it back. I think New York has higher taxes. But New York, not by much. But that's, that's what it is. Hey, great. Republican congressman went into further detail and explained, quote, this is all happening as a state has spent billions funding high-speed rail and expanding Medi-Cal to all undocumented immigrants while losing billions in tax revenue from people leaving the state. Well, I got news for you. The only way they're going to fix that is raise taxes again, try and raise property taxes, and that's just going to cause everybody else to leave. That's that's what's coming. We can already see. They're going to go through some sort of austerity program. There's no question. Which means all aid to people out there. They're all starving and they, they need to get California food stamps or whatever. That's, that's I know that's some of that's federal, but a lot of state, that's going to go away. Right now, they're, they're supporting uh, uh, housing. So low-income housing, they support that. So if I get an apartment, I pay $400 a month if I'm in low-income housing. And the other $1,600 a month, because having, having an apartment building in California is impossible. The, the other 1600 comes from the state. Yeah, that's going to go away. Hey, it, hey, reality hits eventually. Reality hits eventually. Everyone has been saying that. And then what does California want to do? Rent control. Oh, wow. So you guys F up all over the place and now you want to control more? So, it, it, yeah, California's going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, it is... It is crashing big time. You watch Prop 13 they're going to remove, which means instead of 1% property taxes, they're going to raise that to 10%, a la Illinois. Um, they're going to raise taxes. I'm thinking it's going to be between 22 and 23%, which means a person working in California will be spending between the federal government and the state government, they'll be spending over 65% of their money on taxes. Everything they earn goes straight to taxes. Here's my question. Here's my question. Why do we keep voting for this? I don't. I mean, I live in California. I'm moving out of California next year anyway. 2024 is going to be a great year for me. But but why do we keep voting for this? Why do we continually vote for this shit? I, I don't know. And here's the other question. We just had the Boston Tea Party. Uh, a celebration this year, the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. These people were pissed off that they were taxing tea. They started a revolutionary war over a stamp tax and taxing tea. Meanwhile, 60% of our paychecks are being taken by the government and spent on illegal aliens. No one's doing anything. Well, they're not doing anything now. We'll have to see where things are going to go. I'm really, really curious what's going to happen in California. Okay, you guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbass Talking Ball.